This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Matthew chapter 24 when Jesus and his disciples... Mind you, he's about to go to the cross. He's about to die for the sins of of mankind so that we can be reconciled or be made friends again with God, that our our sins can be washed away because of the sacrifice that he is about to make. His disciples, even though he has told them over and over and over again that this is going to happen, his disciples have no clue, have zero clues that he is about to die on a cruel death on a cross and be put in a tomb, be buried for three days, and rise again on the third day. And they're in Jerusalem. He's had uh, confrontations with the Sadducees, with the Pharisees, these the, the chief priests, these religious leaders. And they've kind of left him alone now because he's put them in their place in front of the crowds. And they've, uh, they've gone off to plot on how they can... Uh, get rid of him once and for all and he's he's now on their turf he's in jerusalem and he he knows what's coming and he's tried to tell his disciples and they they've been visiting the temple as as they they did every day that he was in jerusalem there on that last week because he would be there teaching the people and as they are leaving the temple he tells his disciples that he says (laughs) because they're just marveling at, at at the great structure that the temple was and jesus says you see all these buildings he said i'll tell you the truth that not not very long after the and it's not exactly how he said it but this is paraphrasing what he said he said very soon these this this building's going to crumble it's going to fall and and not one stone's going to be left on top of another and and these were ginormous ginormous uh, stones and I don't, I, mean, I don't know know how they built this thing. The engineering was just marvelous. Uh, but Jesus said this building's going to be destroyed, and that stones going to be left on uh, on on top of one another. And the disciples, you know, as they go away, they don't immediately ask Jesus Jesus about it. But uh, four of them: Peter, James, Peter. Let's see, who was it? Peter, James, and John, and Andrew come to Jesus. And, and they want to know, when is this going to happen? And so Jesus, instead of saying, hey, it's going to happen in A.D. 70 when the Jews revolt against the, revolt against the Romans and the Romans are going to kick their tail and it's going to, they're going to destroy this temple and they're going to burn it, uh, what's, what's left. He could have said that, but he didn't. He, he, what he does, he gives them nuggets. He gives them signs to look for. And so that's what we're... Uh, breaking down here in Matthew chapter 24 are the signs that Jesus gave. So if you missed the last podcast, you need to go back and listen to it and catch uh, the the first part of Matthew 24 where I talk about the signs. And and these signs, now Jesus does, because a lot of people go to Matthew 24 and they say, oh, the end times is here. And and I, I agree with that. Jesus can come back at any moment. Nothing has to be done that it hasn't been done already for Jesus to return. His return is imminent. It can happen at any time. He says no man knows the hour or the day when it's going to happen. So I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to, I mean, nobody should go there because nobody knows. 
And and yes, these signs were given to the disciples because that was the question. When is this going to happen? When is this building, this temple going to be destroyed? And, and so the signs that Jesus gives was a, a sign for the disciples to be watching for, for the temple to be destroyed. And, eight, and that happened in AD 70. You can go back, you can Google online accounts uh, of, of what actually took place and the, the, the blood that was shed, the, the horrific event that that was for the Jews. and the, the, Just tons of people uh, died uh, that day uh, during that, that revolt. And... Uh, so these signs that Jesus gave, the question was from the disciples, when is this going to happen? And so Jesus gives these signs, but he does mix in the end of times with these signs. And we'll see that in today's podcast. Uh, we're going to pick up with verse 10 where Jesus says, And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Now, Jesus was talking about that's going to happen back then. We see it still happening today. People still turn away from Jesus. People in the church, and I'll talk more about this in a few minutes, but people in the church betray one another. They can't stand each other. You got people sitting in the pew across from one another, worshiping God on Sunday, and hating their brother, can't even, won't even look their direction or their sister in Christ. That's crazy. It shouldn't happen that way. But in the whole the whole book of Hebrews, and I've covered the book of Hebrews in this podcast if you ever have time, go back and listen to those. It's one of my favorite books in the New Testament. Uh, but the whole book of Hebrews, it was written to encourage men and women who they were being persecuted for their faith, but they haven't shed blood yet, the Hebrew author points out. But they were being persecuted because they were following Jesus. And, and because of this persecution... They were, they were like, man, this is too hard. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not putting my family through this anymore. I'm just going back into Judaism. And, and so they, they were leaving Jesus. They were leaving the church and going back into Judaism, which cannot save their sins anymore. And so the author, whoever the, the author is of Hebrews, we don't know who the author is of Hebrews. Most people think it's Paul. But the, I had to write a paper in college on who the author of Hebrews is, 25-page paper. Spent a lot of time on that paper. <laughs> Still don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. But whoever the author is, he wrote a, a, a letter to these people to encourage them to stick with Jesus, to stay in the faith. Don't, don't quit and go back into Judaism because if you leave Jesus, there's no more salvation for your sins. There's, there rem- he even says, there remains no more sacrifice for your sins. I believe it's in Hebrews 10. Um, and he encouraged them just to, to keep their eyes on Jesus. Um, all through the book of Acts, we see men and women uh, being dragged out of their homes. Uh, if you remember Paul, before he became Paul, before he had that encounter with Jesus on the Damascus road, or the road to Damascus, in, I believe Acts chapter 9, he was Saul. In Acts chapter 8, he was at the stoning of Stephen, and the people who was doing the stoning threw their coats down, or laid their coats down, at Saul's feet. Saul was going from house to house, dragging men and women, grandma and grandpa, aunt and uncle, and mom and dad, pulling them out of their homes, dragging them to the prisons where many of them would be killed. 
when he had his encounter with Jesus on the, the road to Damascus, he was going to Damascus to get more Christians. He was going to their homes and was going to pull them out and take them to prison where a lot of them died because of their faith. And we don't know a whole lot about this in the United States. And I'm thankful for that. Because we have our freedom and the freedom of speech and and the freedom of religion and so on and so forth. Uh, Like I said, I'm very grateful for that. But in other countries, they don't have that privilege that we have. They They literally have to tear a page out of the Bible, memorize it, and pass it on to somebody else so they can memorize it just to have the Word of God in their minds and in their hearts. Uh, just to be able to read it because the church is underground because of persecution. They'll be put in prison. They'll be tortured. They'll be killed even today in 2023. So this persecution business, it, it, like I said, we don't know a whole lot about it in the United States. Some people do. But it still goes on. And, and it, it's it, I couldn't imagine having to go through um, what those the, the early church did for their faith. And Jesus says, many will turn from me. They're going to betray and hate each other. Think about that. Even today, in 2023, people quit on Jesus. Not because of persecution, per se, but simply because they have an idea that when, when they follow Jesus... When they decided to, to, to follow Jesus and give their life to Christ and, and, and be in His service, that everything's going to get easier. That life is just going to be a, a cakewalk. And, and nothing bad would ever happen to them again. And unfortunately, that's a false statement because Jesus told His disciples just before this, when they were leaving the temple, He told them they're going to be persecuted. They're going to be tortured. They're going to be killed. They're going to be hated. Um, so life doesn't get easier when we follow Jesus. It gets harder because there's an enemy out there, and he does not want us following Jesus. He wants us to be discouraged, and he'll do anything he can to discourage us. And he uses our loved ones, our family, our kids, our our coworkers, our friends. He he, he He's very good at his game. And he'll do whatever he can to discourage us from following Jesus. And and life, life is hard without Jesus. I don't see how people live it without Jesus. But life is harder with Jesus because the enemy will come after us. That's why Peter says that he's like a, a roaring lion seeking about whom he may devour. Uh, and so... Something bad comes along in, in a person's life, and 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 they start blaming God. They can't, you know. They'll say things. Why? Why is this? Ha- why is God allowing this? Allowing this to happen to me? Why is this going on? Does God really care? And the next thing you know, that they're mad at God, and they've got bitterness in their hearts. The root of bitterness, as the Bible talks about, has sprung up, and Jesus is no longer in their life. They don't. They don't trust God. They don't. Uh, serve God anymore because they're mad at him and they've blamed him. They've, they've literally turned their back on the very one who's willing to help them through whatever they're facing. And we see this all the time today. Um, 
Like I said, one of the greatest tools the enemy uses against those who follow Jesus is discouragement. Discouragement. And he'll use those, uh, he'll use the people that's closest to us, those things that we love and cherish the most, those people, to bring that discouragement. But Jesus takes this a step further because he says many of his followers, followers will turn from him, betray one another, and that betrayal will lead to hate. And, and like I said uh, toward the beginning of this podcast, it, 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 I mean, I, I've been doing church work for a long time. I'm 50 years old, I've been doing it for at least 30, 35 years been doing it a long time. I've been in church my whole life. I've been in some kind of ministry since I was a teenager. And it just blows my mind that how people who love God, or at least say they love God and act like they love God, and they're involved in God's kingdom, can literally hate a brother or sister in Christ that they sit in the same church building with Sunday after Sunday. Um, I've had, over the years, I've had a lot of people get mad at me and not speak to me anymore and don't even look at me, won't even look my way. And I'm like, uh, this is not like Jesus. Because what does the Bible say? You're supposed to go to one another, one-on-one. If that don't work, you take two to three witnesses. If that don't work, you bring it before the church. And and in other words, we're to work it out. You know, it's like the Beatles song says, you can, We can work it out. We can work it out. Life is very short. But they don't want to work it out. They, they would rather hold a grudge. And there, there's people who have held grudges sitting across the church building from one another for years and years and years. And yet, they don't think nothing of it. It just it just blows my mind. The, the unity is not there. It's been disrupted. Betrayal has now happened. The hatred has formed. And, and the next thing you know, they've gotten people on their side over over time and that's why we see so many especially here in the south we got churches on every street corner why because uncle joe got mad at uncle billy and and they couldn't work it out over the color of the carpet or something stupid in the church and and uh, uncle joe goes and starts his own church and and uncle billy and his little group stayed behind and, and now, next thing you know, they've built a building across the street at Uncle Joe's, and Uncle Billy's still over here with his little group, and they can't stand one another. And and it, it just is mind-blowing that this still goes on even today. Um, I'll move on. In verse 11, Jesus says, And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many. Now, this was happening right after the church started in the book of Acts. Um, in 2 Peter chapter 2, you really need to read the whole chapter because Peter, and I was going to read some of it, but it, it it's just so rich uh, about this, this topic right here, about false prophets and how they're going to appear and how these false prophets deceive people. Um, 
Peter is just hammering on exactly what Jesus said. That these false prophets, have, they, they have come along. It, even, it, and it would be so easy in the early church because they didn't have the written word. They, they, a false prophet could just pop in and say, I got a word from the Lord. And they, oh, yeah, let me hear, let me hear this word from, the, word from God. And, and, then, you know, and then he would prophesy or, or teach or whatever. And, and that's why over and over again, uh, Paul would say, you know, or the Bible says, uh, test the spirit. Test the Spirit. And if it didn't line up with what the apostles had been teaching, get it out of here. It, it's false. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's false. And and, and, and I think about uh, how many false prophets in our, our world today. Um, because I, I, I just, I listen to these people and, you know, the things they say. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, I don't even listen to you anymore. Nope, you're out. I don't. I don't care about how smart you are. I don't care how much Bible knowledge you have. I don't care what you have to say. If you say something that goes against the Word of God, you're out. I don't don't care what you have to say. Uh, and and how many people who claim to be prophets of God today have made a prediction, have made a prophecy that was absolutely 100% false? And if you if you, that just one false prophecy that comes out of your mouth you're out in my eyes you may have a different opinion on that but if you think about the prophets all throughout the old testament and there was prophets in the new testament they never gave one single false prophecy not one and to me if a person out there today is trying to speak in the on behalf of the lord and in the name of god they better be right because one false prophecy, you're out. In my eyes. You may have a different opinion, like I said. But in my eyes, I don't care about anything you have to say if you throw out a false prophecy. That's why, you, folks, we got everything we need right here in this book. The Word of God. Stick with the Word of God. Get in the Word. Know the Word. And, and, and like the Bible says, test the spirits. Because if you don't know your Word, if you don't know the Bible... You're not going to know if what they're speaking is true or not. So get in the Word and know God's Word. Because over and over and over again, we are warned of these false prophets that are going to be coming into the church. And and, and we still see it today in 2023. Now, a, a growing thing back, in, in and John deals with this a lot, uh, is Gnosticism. Knowledge. Um, and the Gnostics claimed that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, which absolutely 100% takes away uh, Jesus' deity. And that's why Paul addresses this in John chapter 1. The Word became flesh. The Word was God. Jesus was God in the flesh. He was 100% human. He was 100% God. In John 19, 33 and 34, John writes this. He says, but when they came to Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross... They, they, what they did, they would come along and, and they would break the legs of the people who were hanging on the cross, who were being crucified, So they, because they would use their, their legs and their strength, what little strength they had in their legs and feet, they would push up to be able to catch a breath and then exhale. And so they would break their legs so they would die faster. Well, Jesus, <laughs> there was a prophecy, I believe it was in Psalms, maybe Psalms 22, I'm not 100% sure, uh, but it, uh, in one of the Psalms, 
uh, it says that uh, no bones would be broken. And so when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, John says. So they didn't break his legs. And one of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. Blood and water. Which, you know, that's what our body's made out of. What, 70, 70% water? When they pierced Jesus' side, which was also another uh, prophecy that was 100% accurate about Jesus' side being pierced, the angel even told Mary that her side would be pierced. But when they pierced Jesus' side, John says, out came blood and water, which showed that Jesus was 100% human. Um, but... I just want to read the first 14 verses of John 1, but you, you need to read the whole chapter uh, to get a full grasp on this. But John says, In the beginning the Word already existed. Talking about Jesus, the Word, the Logos. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He's always been, John says. God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through him. So if you go to Genesis 1, the, the, Greek word, uh, the Hebrew word for God is Elohim, which is plural. And, and in, in chapter, so you've got the Holy Spirit down around verse 3 or 4, where he's hovering upon the face of the waters. And in, in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, it says, Let us make man in our image. That's plural. The Father was there, the Son was there, the Holy Spirit was there. God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. All three were there in the very beginning. And that's what John is saying here. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. And that's what John is saying here. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not that light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. And he came to his own people, and they rejected him. Talking about the Jews. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth re, uh, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. What, what, what The conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus in John uh, chapter 3. Jesus says a, must, a man must be born again. And, and, Nic, and uh, Nicodemus is like, how in the world can a man enter into his old mo uh, his mom, who is an old lady by now, how can he re-enter into her womb? And Jesus says, you don't understand, dude. you got to be born of water and a spirit. And here's John saying, uh, they're not reborn with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human, and talking about Jesus, the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. In other words, John says, the Word there, we have seen His glory. The glory, going back to the tabernacle and the temple in the Old Testament, 
when the cloud came down when that the tabernacle was finished and when the the temple was finished god's glory came down in the form of a cloud so the people could see it and it filled up the tabernacle it filled up the temple and that's what john is saying here about jesus we have seen his tabernacle we have seen his glory that cloud that came down we were able to see it they, they could see god in the old testament in the form of the cloud and john says we could literally see god in the flesh we've seen his glory the word there is uh for seen is theomath it's where we get our word theater what do you do at a theater you watch a movie you see a movie with your eyes and that's what john's saying here we we have seen his glory we have seen god in the flesh we could literally reach out and touch him we ate fish with him we ate bread with him we drank wine with him we we talked with him on a daily basis for three years we've seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son so he's saying god has come in the flesh he is the real deal and what happens is these false prophets start coming up and start to plant uh, seeds of doubt and discord in the church and it still goes on to this day and folks I'm, I'm gonna say it again I can't say it enough you better have this word inside you you better know uh, the, the Bible because if you don't you don't know if something that somebody says is false or not so get in the word get in the word because the enemy still uses false prophets to this day that's why we have so many religions uh all around the world they're they're, they're false and they deceive people they look good they sound good but they're false and and you know there's one that even claims that an angel whispered directly into the uh, uh, to the ear of a prophet and he wrote the words down well, here's the only the, the bad thing about that is what that prophet wrote down if it came from an angel it doesn't line up with the word of god so it's false and paul says in galatians 1 6 through 12 he says i'm amazed talking about the galatians he's they they they, they kind of wavered right off the bat and, he, and he's he slams them pretty good he says i'm amazed that you're so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of christ for a different gospel which is not just another account but there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Now listen to what Paul says. But even if we, talking about the apostles, if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. Now, in the Bible, when they were, when they were writing this, they didn't have punctuation marks. There was no exclamation point, commas, or periods, or anything like that. And so, to emphasize a point they would they would they would repeat it so anytime you're reading the Bible and you see something repeated take special note of that because they're emphasizing a certain point and Paul says if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you he is to be accursed as we have said before even now I say again and he's gonna repeat it if anyone is preaching to you a gospel Contrary to what you have received, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in 1 Corinthians 15, if anyone's preaching to you a different gospel, he's to be accursed. Don't listen to him. Get him out of here. Just don't pay no attention to those false teachers, those false prophets. 
For I am now seeking the favor of people or of God. Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bondservant, a slave of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel which was preached by me is not of human invention. For I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but, Paul says, I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. What happened to Paul? Remember he was persecuting Christians? He's on his road to Damascus. Jesus shows up. The bright light knocks him off his horse, him and his buddies. And Jesus has a conversation with Saul who changed his name to Paul. And Paul uh, goes to Ananias. He's baptized and and he receives his sight. Uh, He goes to Jerusalem for a few days. Uh, with the help of Barnabas, and then he goes off for three years. And I, I, I'm convinced that during those three years, as he's at home there at Tarsus, that that Jesus just pours himself into him. And then he goes and preaches to the Gentiles and becomes one of the greatest, probably the greatest missionary that's ever been. In Romans 16, 17 through 20, he says, Paul says, I make, and now I make one more appeal. My dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Just stay away from them, Paul says. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interest. See this all the time. Today. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. I I love the way the New Living Translation puts that. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. And this makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. I just want to say one more time. Get in the word. You don't know what's false you know these these smooth say these smooth talking and people who use glowing words in the words of Paul that they their words can flatter and they can draw you in very easily if you don't know the word of God it, you can be easily swept up caught up and carried away by their false teaching so get in the word because the false teachers are still out there today they're all you know, they're all over uh, the internet, you know, you, we got like podcasts, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, and uh, Instagram, and they put all these little memes on there, and, and they look nice. They're, they they put these little devotionals that, that sound nice, but their teaching is false. So be careful, be careful. Get in the word, know the word, rightly divide the word. <coughs> Excuse me. Then Jesus says in verse twelve. Sin will be rampant everywhere. Now, that's an understatement today. Uh, you know, it, they sinned back then. It was rampant everywhere back then. But we have technology. We have internet. We have social media. And so now sin is literally everywhere and it's thrown in our faces and the world saying, you're going to like this and you're going to accept this. And we're like, no, we ain't. It ain't happening. And, and Jesus says, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. And we see this all the time, even today. We, we look at our world and we say, how can they be so evil? How, how can they, you know, how, how can drag queens dance naked in front of our, our children and, and show their 
junk everywhere to our kids and 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 the government's protecting them and we're saying it's okay well how, how does that how does that jive and and it's and, and it's okay it's because sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold their hearts aren't right that's point blank it their hearts are, are what's the song say you're as cold as ice their hearts are cold as ice. They're hard. And, and, and it's been hardened because of sin. Jesus says the one who endures to the end will be saved. And he repeats that in Revelation 2.10. When he says you endure to the end, you, you get a crown of life. And then he says when this happens, the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the, the whole world so that the nations will hear it. And then the end will come so that there's jesus tying in the end times right there and we see this today with the help of the internet <clears throat> the bible is literally preached just about everywhere um there's so many translations of the bible now into people's language we had a a a, a bible translator speak at our church a couple of months ago and it it, it was an older couple um and I, I i'm sorry i can't remember uh what village they were in over in africa but uh the the village they were in didn't even have an alphabet they just had a spoken language and so this missionary couple uh stayed with these people for years and years like 30 years and they they came up with an alphabet for these people and they came up with words for you know, uh, uh, like tree or flower, you know, just simple stuff, and 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 so now they not only had a spoken language, they have a written language, and then they took that written language and translated the Bible, the uh, I believe maybe just the New Testament, for this village, the, this people who now not only have the spoken language, but now they have a written language. It, it was an incredible, incredible story uh, of, of, of what they accomplished and because of those two people and, and their the help of their daughter and, and some others uh, these people have a new testament and they're hearing about jesus and many of them have come to faith in the lord and now they're serving god and so with the, the aid of the internet social media uh translators satellites you know they're like I moved into a house and it's got uh uh I'm out in the sticks man I'm up on a mountain and and, and can't get good cell phone service so uh, there's no internet and the only way to have internet is um, through satellite internet and I called about the price and, I, and they said three hundred dollars a month I'm like no I'm not paying three hundred dollars a month for internet sorry and so I I'll, I'll just like use a my sketchy one bar uh, cell phone for a hotspot. Um, but as cool as that is, it, 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 it's, it's how the gospel is getting out and it's reaching places that it's never been before. And so my advice to you is to look up, just, just look up because what does the Bible say? Our redemption draws nigh. It's near. Jesus could return at any moment. And like I said, this is where Jesus, he, he seems to combine what's happening, what will soon be happening with the temple 
to the end times and his returning. And I made the disclaimer in the last podcast, and uh, I'll say it here again. I'm not an expert at all. I don't study the end times because to me, it, it, it could happen at any time. We don't know when it's going to happen. We just know that Jesus is returning and we better be right because that's the only thing that matters. That we are walking with the Lord, that we have been uh, washed in the blood of Jesus, baptized for the remission of our sins, and we're living for Him on a daily basis. Because if we're doing that, no matter how it happens, whether you're pre-millennialist, amillennialist, post-millennialist, whatever view you have, you're going to be okay if you're walking with Jesus. He's going to take care of it. Uh, Jesus says in verse 15, the day is coming when you will see that uh, what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention, he says. Um, The the abomination of desolation that Daniel speaks about. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to get into all that. You can Google all the ideas that people have because we don't know. We don't know. They would know exactly what Jesus was speaking of. Um, there's there's all kinds of opinions out there. I believe that uh, Daniel and Jesus are referring to the destruction of the temple in AD 70, uh, which was uh, during this Jewish revolt against Rome. And I say that just because of what Jesus says in these next verses. He says, <clears throat> when this abomination of desolation takes place, he says, then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of the roof must not go down into a house to pack. You ain't going to have time. You'll die if you do. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. Because you you, got to get out of Dodge or you're going to die. How terrible it would be for a pregnant woman and their nursing mothers in those days and pray that your flight would not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. Because the Sabbath, they wouldn't be able to get out of there. For there will be greater anguish than any time since the world began and it will never be so great again in fact unless that time of calamity is short not a single person will survive but it will be shortened for the sake of god's chosen ones like i said you can go and read online accounts first eyewitness accounts of what happened in ad 70 during this revolt and all these people that died i I don't know if you can hear the bird or not but i've got a bird outside my window that's decided it's wanting to sing to me while I'm trying to make this podcast. So I apologize for the, the bird, if you can hear that. But it's pretty cool at the same time. Um, but you can read eyewitness accounts of what happened during that revolt and, and how the temple was absolutely destroyed, just like Jesus said it would happen. Not a stone left on top of the other. And what would burn, burned. Um, and then Jesus says to finish off the chapter, if anyone tells you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there he is. Don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up, we see this even today, and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. Yeah, I, I just don't understand. People claim to be Jesus today, and people follow him like, you know, like they are. And, they, and we call them cults, and they, have, they all have this following. Uh, and have multiple wives and multiple children, all these multiple wives, and I'm like, how how blind can you be to the truth? But people are. It still happens today. Jesus says, see, I've warned you about this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah's out in the desert, don't bother going and looking. 
Or look, he's hiding here. Don't believe it. Why would the Messiah hide? <laughs> For the, as the lightning flashes in the east and the sun to, shines in the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes, just as the gathering of vultures shows there's a carcass nearby. So these signs indicate that the end is near. Immediately. After the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at the last, the sign... Then at last, the sign of the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deeper mourning among all the peoples of the earth, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, you know that his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. The generation that saw all of these things come to pass, just as Jesus said they would. There's still people to this day claiming to be the Messiah, or at least some version of him, right? We have people in cults killing themselves to be rescued by UFOs because it's the end of times. Crazy ideas from crazy people, and yet people follow the crazy loons. Jesus says, don't, don't listen to that jazz. Don't, don't fall for that stuff. But Jesus... Where's he at? Why is he not returning? Why, why is he holding back? He's waiting. He's waiting. Because there's people out there who need salvation, who need Jesus. But he's also waiting for his father to say, it's time. It's time. And that time's coming. It's coming soon. Makes me think of the other song. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. It's got a good beat to it. It's going on in my head. You just can't hear the beat. But it's an awesome song. Everything that has to take place, everything has taken place. And Jesus could come back at any moment. And one day, just as a thief surprises a house and burglarizes it, Jesus says, that trumpet is going to sound from heaven, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're going to be standing before Jesus. And it's going to happen so fast, there's no getting away from it. Every person, every person is going to stand before God and give an account of their life. They're going to stand before Jesus. They're going to kneel before Jesus. They're going to bow before Jesus. And they're going to confess Him as Lord. But if we're not washed in the blood of Jesus before that point in time, you're going to be rejected and sent away from His presence for eternity. And Peter describes it in 2 Peter 3, 3-15. through he says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. And they, they'll say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out of water and surrounded it with water. 
Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the, pre the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They have been kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, talking about his return. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord, well, that's the return. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in the fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along? On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and a new earth he has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. That, that That's what it's all about, is being prepared, knowing how this is going to end. And it's going to end in fire, judgment. It's coming upon us all. And we're like I said, there, there's no stopping it. Whether we die before Jesus returns or we're alive and we're caught up in the air, we're all going to stand or kneel before Jesus. And if we're not washing the blood of Jesus, we're going to be cast away from his presence. And I hope today that you know the Lord, that you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, that you are ready. And if you're walking with the Lord, keep looking up. Don't, don't get distracted by what's going on in this pathetic, nasty world. Yes, we're a part of the world. Yes, we're to shine the light of Jesus in this darkness. But don't let the devil, the enemy, distract you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 through, th 1 through 3. And keep walking with Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's not good for you when the end happens. And I pray today that you would give your life to Jesus Christ. Now, in, in the, through the rest of the Matthew chapter 24, Jesus tells us, we don't know when this is going to happen. Only the Father knows. But be ready. It's going to happen. And there's no stopping it. I pray today that you are walking with Jesus. That no matter how the end times happen, it's going to happen. And if we're with Jesus and walking with Jesus, hey, we're going to be just fine. And I hope that's you out there today. Thank you for listening today. God bless you. And keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe, and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review. But most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.